International. I just say stuff. Yeah. This is this is what You're I'm doing. You're already doing it. I'm doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying stuff. Yeah. This is hey. I'm There's Brian. No I'm Brian Zilla. That's what I do. And you're Ariel Norman. Well, Ariel. Ariel. Oof. It's, it's, Take two. Well, it's not Ariel. It's not. It's not Ariel, and it's not Ariel. It's Ariel. <laughs> because you can. It's so you like, just wanted to make it as hard as possible for, yeah. for me. My for, parents did. It's not even spelled the way it's pronounced. Your parents have had always another thing against me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Brian Zula, Ariel Norman. They know it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, take three. Uh, Brian Z- I'm Brian Ziola. Hey, and this is Ariel Norman, and this is leading the podcast of the blind. No, yes. I said that wrong. Well, I liked it. <laughs> leading blind people in a podcast. Leading blind people in a podcast. Uh, and we're going to talk about stuff that's available on iTunes. On iTunes. And like all yeah. the other stuff. Ooh. <laughs> I should write. I should have this. Wrote this down. This is great. This is perfect. Enjoy. <laughs> So did you literally just wake up? Yeah, I, I, I was up earlier, and there's like a taqueria connected to our hotel, and I ate there, and then I went back to sleep because yeah, I forgot how heavy Mexican food can be. Yes, how late were you up last night? Uh, we got back around two. Around two, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's I had not to do bad. Peep Show, so once that ended, I was I bombed out. How was Peep Show? It was fun. It was fun. Weird. I hadn't yeah. done something like that, so yeah, that's good. It's so funny. I'm always, I always have that stereotype in my head that comics it's like oh you're probably not waking up till three and i always think i'm exaggerating anything by a couple of hours and then people are like oh god sorry i just woke up yeah oh okay all right (laughs) fine i am like even if i am awake till two i will just wake up at seven or eight right my brain no (laughs) it's a blessing and a curse honestly i'm my brain is fried all the time but yeah but i don't sleep in (laughs) so my mom does this thing if she has a tell me if you think this is crazy if she has a flight, even if it's like a 6 a.m. flight, she doesn't set an alarm. Really? She tells she her brain. body wakes up. She goes, brain, wake me up at four. And she does it. The faith. But That's I, insane. That faith is insane. I, I set nine alarms just to like wake up at noon. Yeah. You know. And she's cheap. It's not like she's buying insurance. Like, it's not okay if yeah. you miss your, well, some, depends on the airline, I guess. But it never happens. She never, she's never missed a flight. She, I think she said she missed a flight once, and even that didn't ruin her faith. But I, I think that's crazy. At the same time, anytime I have to wake up early for a trip, I will wake up every half hour, hour, all night, look at the clock. Oof, and so I'm like, well, yeah. I guess she learned after years of doing that. She's like, what's the point in setting an alarm? It's only going to wake me up one extra time. So... There you go. Yeah. No, I've got, I, I don't have any of those genes. <laughs> I'll, well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> blessing and a curse. You yeah. get to like drink, do drugs, party, stay up late. But here's the problem is I'm sober in oh. every aspect. So Shame. what am I doing? Well, you're wasting. Yeah. What a waste. <laughs> I'm just, it's just Mexican food that's messing me up. Yeah. That, um, well, that's it, at least is harmful to your body, right? Depending on the drugs. Depending yeah, on the drugs. I guess that's right. Well, I wish we had more time for chit chat, but we're just yeah. going to have to get into it because that's we're good. on a budget, a time budget. Hey, thanks for doing this, yeah. Brian. This is really great for you to for you to make it over here. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, I am just over five years now. I hit it five in June. Nice, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Does it feel different? It doesn't. I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't really. Yeah, I, I I think after you get a big show in, one year in, two years in, however however long that takes, that kind of just plateaus and everything feels the same for a while you know yeah until you get something bigger that i haven't seen yet yeah it's interesting this isn't a question i've been asking people on the podcast but i it's something i actually am realizing that younger comics probably wonder about because you do hear those things like oh things change when you know don't worry about thus and such for a year or there's no way you're going to be good at all and like on stage in two, in two years or yes eh, until until a comic's been doing it for seven years i'm not even gonna watch him you know yeah, right so have there been pivotal because i do feel like at, around two years for me there were some like that one and a half to two year area for me yeah, was very kind of flips and yeah 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 i you know i think you 
I always looked at it as like you're accumulating like Pokemon gym badges of like, all right, I got my first showcase. I got my first like hosting an open mic. I got my first blah, blah, blah. I'm doing a show with someone who people actually know the name of, you know, and, and yeah. you're just like accumulating these things. But then after you get all those things, I don't know what's next, like a writing credit or something, right. you know? <laughs> Yeah, so you get to that point where you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. There's not an obvious way to level up next. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not in your face, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the moving to another city and all that stuff where all those options become a little more available, but uh, I don't know. I kind of actually like being at a plateau, though, of like just kind of steadily doing fun stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I know it'll be fun. I don't have to get back into that first year or second year anxiety of like, am I ready for this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That so. seems nice. That seems very healthy that you can enjoy a plateau. Yeah. Yeah. That you're just like, just you don't have demons of <laughs> in your head being like, yeah, you should really be climbing a mountain right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like to have, I, I don't know. I want this to still be fun as yeah. much as I want it to be a job. I want it to still be fun, you know? Totally. Well, that is the goal, isn't it? Uh, and did you start in Houston? I did. I started. Yep. Yeah. Well, what was that like in 2012? It was. It was grim. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Houston's gotten really cool, but mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't. It, you know, I remember. You know, just last night we worked with him, Kinane. Um, he was in a documentary right around that time. Uh, I am Road Comic. Yeah. Where he completely trashed Houston as like a <laughs> don't go there state uh, city. And I get it because it's so close to Austin. And why would you go to Houston? You Back know? in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we kind of, when I started was the, uh, there's a flux of alternative comics that were starting cool rooms. And um, that's, you know, Zach Brooks was there at that time. All these people, Lisa Friedrich was there and we were all doing cool stuff and it just made it a cooler scene. Like, I don't know. It influenced the younger comics to get better. Yeah. Um, and we got kind of austin which was good. That's what we needed because we started pulling comics that people actually cared about as opposed to guys that were interesting 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. No, very cool. And and how old are you? I am 32. 32. Okay. Yeah. So you're starting at 27. Oh, that's when I started. That makes me yeah. feel good. Um, what made you finally do it? You know, I... I always knew I kind of wanted to do stand-up. I originally wanted to direct film, uh, and that was really hard. And then I said, I'll write a book or something. I'll be humorous (laughs) in that way. And that was really hard. And then I eventually just got on the stage, and that was really easy. That is Um, so funny. Yeah. Because that's exactly what I did. I was like... Oh, well, at first I thought stand-up would be hard. Yeah, Avoided it seems that. like it would be, right? And Well, and I did a couple of open mics. And in, in, in fact, in Orlando, when I, I was living there at the time, and I did a couple. And then I moved to New York, and I did a couple. And then I was like, mm, this is awful. God, this is going to be miserable. And quit for four and a half years. But uh, And then all that time, it was like, yeah, maybe I'll, write, I'll be a writer. Yeah. Maybe I'll be a Buddhist and teach people and be funny that or maybe yeah. whatever a professor whatever uh, and it was like oh that shit's all hard just like yeah. all this work you gotta <laughs> yeah. and being a comedian it turns out in some ways is easier than like any other yeah if you have a decent like mental attitude and you uh, treat people okay I think this can be pretty fun and easy well I think it's easier in the sense of it doesn't have all that bullshit to get into it right. I hate applications you know I don't like I don't like red tape sure and so I think that's what what comedy is you know really good about is man you just gotta start and learn yeah. how to be funny yeah I think that's it and and that's kind of cool and I don't know there's a, there's a punk rock thing about that where you just get to do whatever you want until you're just throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping something catches and you I don't know I like that. I like the instantaneousness of an audience reacting to you. Yeah. Because, like, that was the hardest thing about writing for me was I loved writing, but I don't know that this is going to be good right. until I give it to someone to read, and then that's you, weird. you, you got to rely on their opinion, too, yeah. and that's one person. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with audiences, even at a shitty open mic, yeah. you have if several five people. five people and I made three of them laugh, I know that... Um, it's not just in your head that yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Well, that's really good. I always like it when people's stories, who who I respect, yeah. <laughs> you know, parallel mine. It's not as good when it's like, oh, yeah. you start at 27 <laughs> and you're a loser. That's, <laughs> this is really great. Uh, and so you stayed in Houston until like a year ago. Yes. I moved uh, in December. So we're just right before then. Yeah. And so you were watching Houston grow and develop the secret room and the mm-hmm. festivals and... Then you you did you literally have to move for warrants? I heard your joke last night. Yeah, no, it's not really that. Um, I was touring a lot. Uh, you know, that started a lot with JT. Uh, mm-hmm. He took me out on the road a couple of years ago, and I, you know, touring's really fun that way, where you just build contacts. And I started touring on my own and using those contacts, and it was fun. But then you realize touring's not the most feasible way to live um, in regards to I am paying rent at a place that I'm not there and I'm almost not paying it. You know what I mean? So I was getting pretty broke and Florida, I have family out there and it's just way cheaper to live in that area that I'm at. So I was like, I can hit eight cities as opposed to two from there, you know? Um, And it just made more sense to go there. That makes sense. Yeah. And I had toured there already and met a lot of the comics there and they were, gracious and accepting me into their scene so i was like this won't be weird you know that's always been very scary for me of like moving to chicago or new york is like you gotta go to the bottom yeah Yeah. (laughs) kind of start over and see what happens yeah i've been hearing some advice from people lately about and not in a way where they're trying to keep people away but just for, for our own sake like you know all that stage time and that you're getting uh in in other cities it might be good to really hang on to that, you sure. know, come to LA, New York sometimes, meet industry people. I think so, yeah. But we've got some good stuff going and we continue to build these things up. It's interesting what you say about, you know, you have eight cities around you. So remind me where Jacksonville is. Jacksonville north, is right? the northeast coast. So it's on the right. it's on the beach. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, which is cool because the closest thing to a beach I've ever really known was Galveston, Uh, and that's not fun. Um, And now I'm looking at crystal blue water, and it's like, all right. uh, Yeah. There was a time in my life where that would have been something I would go into. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No, I. It's okay. So Gainesville, Gainesville? uh, Orlando, Mm -hmm. uh, Daytona, Mm -hmm. Tallahassee. Those are all the like big Florida cities that are near you. Atlanta's four hours away, which is awesome. just a little bit more than Austin was for me. And yeah. I would compare the two very heavily, you know. Yeah. Uh, Savannah and Valdosta are good scenes that have, like, actual shows that pay you and are going off, you know. Yeah. Um, you go a little for- further, you can get to Fort Lauderdale and Tampa and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like, there's just so many places to do stuff in and if you're good they'll take you you know i helped uh, a couple friends book some shows there i booked like five shows for them in in half an hour yeah because your opinion gets trusted if you're decent you know right which is good you know yeah that's awesome that makes so much sense and jacksonville is cheap yeah yeah okay okay cool now you said jt started that was you your first went touring with jt yeah i want to say that was 2014 Mm mm-hmm uh, when we first went, we did like a little run to Hell Yes. I think he was testing me out. Where did you meet? Um, he did shows in Houston, okay. and I was his contact. First, Lisa Friedrich was. And when she moved here, I became his point of contact because mm-hmm. I was booking shows there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we just kind of hit it off. We liked the same stuff. Uh, Mike Weeby is actually someone I'm really close with before I started comedy. Mm-hmm. And just like we kind of connected and we're friends. And that made me meet JT and kind of get in, get into it. So, so he started taking you with him sometimes Mm -hmm. and, and then you were meeting people, like you said. And so then at what point did you start touring by yourself? Uh, so actually right after the first like two week tour I did with JT, um, maybe like five months later, I booked one with Nick Merriweather and Zach Brooks just to see if I could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, that was a blast. That was, you know, we also ate our hat on it a little bit, but yeah. you know, it was just fun going out with people I was really close to that I started comedy with and uh, trying to make a few bucks and just have fun in different cities. And you know, 
I think they had a blast. I had a blast. Yeah. So your first couple experiences, you're more kind of coming out even, basically. Um, and then at some point, you did start to make money. Do you have a day job? I do. I, I Since I moved to Florida, I do at-home like customer service. Oh, okay. Uh, and I just keep quitting them uh, when I have to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, how often do you quit jobs? Uh, this year, I've had three so not that many uh which is more, more than, than i've ever person. quit before <laughs> yeah. uh before i started comedy i had a job from 19 to 27 That's and then uh and then i quit that job to start comedy and then i just went like pizza delivery driver working all these random things i would never do so yeah and you just will just take a job and then whenever you have to go you're like okay well i quit yeah or i'll just run out their goodwill of letting me go um (laughs) and get fired by them so yeah i'm pretty lucky that i have a day job here that as long as i give them advance notice i mean i continue to just put tons of time on the books it's you know it's unpaid time off but i'm like that's all i want like this is a job you don't pay me that much so just give me the time off that i want you know Um, okay, so have you have you at any point? What was the longest you've gone between having a day job? Between having like not having a day job, yeah, that like period so touring, of time. Um, you know? Yeah, I so right before I moved to Florida, um, I I did a seven week tour, mm-hmm. uh, which that was insane. That was a little yeah. too much for me. <laughs> um, I. I Part of it was with JT, and then part of it was on my own, and it was just this big process of, like, my stuff was in my car at part of it to, like, drop it off in Florida, and then yeah. I'm touring the rest of it, and it's just like, why am I doing this? Um, but that To have was, a life experience. That, and then I didn't get a job until, I think, February of that year, so mm-hmm. I kind of, like brought myself into the comedy scene, did as much as I could while I was there, and then and then finally got a job. Uh Cool. Yeah. So, when of all the touring that you've done, um, what would you say is have? I mean, you're making money. Like you said, it was it was hard to pay your rent sometimes. Sure. But what's the most successful run that you've had? I really like. I I do well in the South, mm-hmm. um, which isn't something I nef- I necessarily would have thought would happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I'm originally from Chicago, and I've always felt like I didn't fit in the South. But uh, there's a lot of hungry cities in the South that are just, like, stoked for comedy shows. And you can do really well. Even on, like, Monday nights where it's just past the hat. Like, people are so happy that somebody's there that it actually works. (laughs) Yeah. and, And, yeah, the most fun I've had is, like, going through Alabama and, you know, Tennessee and Georgia and... I don't know, Kentucky. Kentucky has a cool scene that I was, I shouldn't say I'm surprised about it because that's, I don't know, that's belittling, right. but you, you just like, you're so happy because the happy. first time you go into a place like that, like, I don't know what it's going to be. You know, yeah. I don't know who's going to show up. I don't but know. But there's cool people everywhere. And they're, exactly. if you're surrounded by not cool stuff, you're starved for cool mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, so do you have any kind of idea of, how to get to the place where you don't have to have a day job anymore? Uh, you know, I I don't because I I too often am willing to take stuff that doesn't matter, like doesn't make a lot of money, or just because it'll be more fun. Yeah, I want this to still kind of have something that influences the art side of it. So I'm I'm less focused on trying to get those clubs that give me. 200 bucks for a weekend or whatever that aren't fun you know i mean like here is really lucky for cap city because that's a fun club to work Velve is really fun to work but like florida's clubs aren't you know and 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 it's it's just like i'm just not going to focus on that you know i'm going to focus on doing bar rooms where i will still need a job tomorrow you know yeah well and are you selling merch or anything yeah uh i've gotten a little away from it but i've had it in the past and i and Mm -hmm. i want to get back to it i'm teaching myself to screen print cool so i can just do that on my own Mm -hmm. um and i bought a button maker so i could do that on my own how much did the screen printing and the button maker um you know if you go on amazon you can find that stuff for like a hundred bucks each yeah okay that's interesting yeah that's i mean that is a really solid investment yeah and that's the thing that i thought like could become 
a part-time thing that I could do for other people as well. Yeah, like, that's a good point. Be cheap for other comedians, but also have a few bucks. Some then profit from that. margin. Yeah, that's a great idea. More comics should do that. I think there are so many comics who are not, you know, career focused enough sure. and whatever. And it's like you said, yeah. If so, if you don't want to do the clubs that aren't fun, okay, great. But then we got to figure out a way for us right, to be making exactly. money. <laughs> so yeah. let's do something. Um, all right. And have you ever had a podcast? Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a couple. Um, I currently have one that's about wrestling, but it's not. We missed a few episodes and I'm not super happy with that. <laughs> so um, I've done a lot of music podcasts before mm-hmm. I even started comedy. Uh, I was I 32. So. When I was 18, 19, I was heavy into mixtaping and being a loser. Um, so I got. <laughs> Everyone loved mixtapes. I've, I've, I've been super into, like, I wanted to be a radio guy when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a weird thing to want to be, but I. Um, so I, I like putting together playlists and stuff like that. And so I've had a bunch of podcasts that are similar to that. Yeah. Very cool. Do you ever think about uh, trying to figure out ways to monetize? Yeah, I've thought about trying to get into radio programs and just, but it's just not a market that's a market anymore. You know, Um, I would love to figure out that on the internet. The reason I've quit every music podcast I've done, though, is because it's super illegal um, to play the music. Gotcha. Because of copyright. So there is that, isn't there? (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think this gives me a pretty good idea of where you're at. I mean, right now, you're continuing to get better and better at comedy and writing material and you're touring and just having fun and, and taking life as it comes uh, and then trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of letting it happen. Yeah. And then trying to kind of figure out some of this business stuff with the, you know, how to actually make money on merch. Cause I'm sure you've lost or been broken even on merch before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's about it. All right. So, I mean, I don't think I'd ever seen you. I'm sure I would have remembered if I'd seen you before last night, but you absolutely killed it. Thank you. I think you have what what is, to me, one of the most fun spots, too, right? Getting to uh, be the last comic before Kyle. Kyle, Yeah, that was a blast. Yeah. Um, This has been actually a really weird big week because on Friday, I opened for Doug Stanhope. Where was that? That was in Florida. That was like the last night I was in Jacksonville. And then this Kyle Cadane is like, honestly, probably the reason I started doing comedy when I did because his first album, I just listened to it 300 times, 400 times, like too much. And now you're he's just my favorite comic. So yeah, it's rad. Very cool. Well, the crowd loved you. I loved you. That I was just telling them before you got here about your just the way you're handling the. You're like oh, I'm adopted. I don't even know what I am. Eskimo? What is yeah. this? Like that? This is fucking killing Thank me you. yesterday. <laughs> so plus, I never thought about that before. There's two. It's one of those things where you're like, oh yeah. What if you're adopted and you don't you know? No and you're like, I don't yeah. know what. I'm raised by Italians and I treated myself like that my whole life. Yeah. But. And you look in the mirror and you're like, you know, when people. Because people do that, you know, what are you? And you're like, fucking fair enough question. I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so can we talk about your writing process and how it's changed over the last five years? Sure. Um, I've never really had one. Okay. Uh, I, I very much just go up on stage and talk it out. That sounds insane. Because how do you start doing that? But like, I had stories. I, my stuff was very heavily story based uh, when I was younger, when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got away from that. I started writing in my head like one liners and more more punchy stuff. But mm-hmm. I just i i either i either nail out a solid tweet or or I just go on stage and figure out stuff around what I think is funny. Um, but I've never really written down on paper. Okay, never written down. And when you say, like, do you ever tweet something and then you go up on stage and talk about that? Yes. Uh, I know, actually, because my tweet-based humor or Facebook humor is very much, like, set-up punch. Okay. Uh, which is different than what I was doing on stage. I don't know right. why, but uh, I don't do story stuff on, on Facebook. I keep it pretty fast. Right. Um, well, no, so I'll do exactly what I wrote mm-hmm. on stage. Like, uh, I had a joke about goth kids Mm -hmm. uh last night that that was a tweet okay and it just was worded perfectly that it worked on stage too okay so Um, you're not exploring because because i've been wondering about that you know what happened is that i've heard i heard a number of comics and this is usually at open mic so maybe it's not the best (laughs) example but um where 
they would say their tweet or their Facebook post at a mic, and it would just always bomb. And I didn't know if that was partly, because if you're telling it to other comics, like, yeah, dude, we saw that tweet earlier. Like, we're not going to laugh today unless we're trying to be supportive, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or if they felt douchey about it, or if there was something, you know, in their heart that didn't come out right. Um, and I'm not, I don't tell a lot of one-liners, but... You know, I have thought about going back to my tweets and, and just talking about the subject. Sure, yeah. I think that's highly doable. Um, <clears throat> I think the a big part of figuring out how to translate a tweet into comedy is is the thing that's funny about it the wording or is it the way the words look you right. know because because there's so much that you can't say that is so funny on the internet or just like in type you know right um so it's figuring that out is the word play based on how i read it or how i heard it you know right that's a good point there's things you can't do uh, written down there are things you can't do spoken mm-hmm. yeah f- figuring that out and then some things are just yeah, there's something about reading it in Twitter that makes it funny yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, topical stuff works really well on the internet, but mm-hmm. it hasn't ever for me on stage. Um, but that's different for other people, you know? Gotcha. Now, when you go up, um, let's say last night, for instance, you had, was it 20 minutes? I uh, yeah, I think I was supposed to do 15 and I, I burned the light a little bit. Well, thank uh, you for doing it. It was a delight. <laughs> delight. Um, so. If you, but let's say a 15, 20, whatever minute set, yeah. are you um, having a set list in your mind, written down, at just bare sketch? I used to write set lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, so I, I like front load my short jokes. Mm-hmm. And then, so I won't, I won't really plan which order I go in with those, um, but I'll just have them all at the front. And then... Uh, I do the longer stuff towards the end. And the longest, longest thing was obviously what I closed with. Um, and that was probably like eight minutes. Uh, okay. So yeah. that's an interesting thing. So you're not really preparing a set list on paper or in your head. Mm-hmm. You just kind of know these are my shorter jokes. These are my longer bits. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to start with the short ones, get people liking you. Yeah, it gets people used to me. Uh, and they can, if they don't like one thing, they can go to the next thing pretty fast. Okay. And once I've got them on board, I feel I can go into. Yeah. Into the uh, bigger show. flights of fancy, yeah. right? And then if you okay, and so have you ever, or let's let's say it this way. And at this point, I'm just asking the questions that I'm thinking about right now in sure. my own. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when you're the day of the day of a show, mm-hmm. is there anything that you do to get ready, either physically, mentally, in any way, yeah, emotionally? Um, yeah, I I will usually. I will usually start chain smoking cigarettes like outside like 45 minutes before just mm-hmm. to, like get my head in it. Are Last you kind of, are tough. you by yourself with that smoking? Yeah, I try to be, but you end up having a comic kind of yeah. talking to you, but you're, you're unfocused on them and you're kind of yeah. just going <laughs> Just let it. them yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like last night was really hard because these are all people I know from other cities yeah, and I want to watch every <laughs> single one of them. And, yeah. uh, you know, like Nathan Lund was right before me, so I can't even have that 10 minutes to yeah. focus, but it went well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. There's not a lot I do. I, I usually, that's when I'll start ordering the like short jokes. And that's oh, when you I'll do be think like, about it before going yeah, on stage. I, I will think about those right then. Okay. Like, all right, what what do they want? What will they like? You know, but uh, and this is because you've you've checked out the crowd and maybe the show a little bit, and now you're like, yeah, you can I, I've see who's looked there. at the people. Mm-hmm. I I really don't watch the audience when other comics are on because mm-hmm. that'll stress me out. Gotcha. Um, I think that's a good tool for a lot of people, but for me, I start thinking like, well, that didn't work, and why, and this mm-hmm. one all that all those whys are what i am you know (laughs) (laughs) and that's not necessarily true but i'll be in that headset yeah okay and so you start thinking about the order and then and and so you do kind of come up right beforehand you kind of come up with a game plan of okay i'll tell this this joke and then this joke probably and then this joke and this joke and then probably end on uh this this guy and this guy Mm mm-hmm yeah um so like last night was a weird one because for whatever reason i added something in the middle that Mm -hmm. i don't usually do but i thought it would be much faster 
and I was getting the light, I had a whole nother big long thing that I was going to do. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of gotten in that place where I've been losing track of my time. I used to be so succinct with it. Like this is seven minutes. This is five. This is what, whatever, you know, but I, I kind of like slowed everything down last night. I was, there was a lot more pausing than I mm-hmm. usually do. And, uh, because it's kind of like just soaking in the audience. Yeah. When even, you have a good audience, yeah, that's, that's hard. You know, yeah, you don't want to rush get through that. Open mics and stuff. And you're like, why was that so much faster than usual? Oh yeah. No one laughed. Yeah. Um, I was, was soaking no in the laughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So last night I actually didn't do a big chunk that I was going to do. Um, which is good, I guess, as long yeah. as they see the light. And yeah. yeah, you have to roll with the punches, whatever your plan is. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to think through my questions. that I've. Do you ever have a situation where you kind of have to do a tight, shorter set, like some kind of seven-minute set, and... And then are you, do you have a little, an idea like, okay, I know this joke's about a minute, this joke's two, and would you just do a, a set list before something like that? And you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I know what I would do on like a five. So if somebody like gave me a five minute set, I would, I'm, I'm aware of what they think their audience is and what they're prepared to let want me to do so i kind of have the stuff that's ready for that it's not necessarily clean material but it's closer to that than other stuff i do um usually if people are giving me longer time frames then they know what i am and they're gonna let me do whatever i want um since i started like if somebody said the words three minutes set to me i was (laughs) was like what is i can't i don't know how to you know yeah like I've, I've just never written that way where right. three minutes makes sense, and now I could do like the Tweety one-liners in three minutes and be fine. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, a five-minute open mic is too short, and yeah. for what I do. Well, know. and it's also like okay, just I can get up there and start riffing or I do crowd work, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll have yeah, fun. There's a way to have fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because I just have been thinking a lot lately about. What I really prefer is to not have a set list. Um, and even to a large extent, like even even that thing of right before, it is better right before to wait until you get there and, and feel it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I prefer not to have a set list because I don't want to be beholden to it. If I have an idea and I want to take a big risk, Absolutely. I want to be able to go there. And so sometimes I, I, I can really enjoy like the OCD part of me and the analytical part of me really enjoys being like, ooh, this segues so perfectly to this and mm-hmm. this. And then I can kind of do a little callback with this. And so I can construct that, you know, like it's a piece of music or something. Well, that sounded grandiose. But you know what I mean? Like where you're, sure. the, all these pieces have Absolutely. to be in this place. But then if you do that, and then you go off the rails of that. I don't, I hate that thing of like, whoa, where was I? I have to get back into the, you know. So I'm trying to figure out how to best be prepared, mm-hmm. you know, not not be disrespectful in any way to the show, but to still be completely free. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> an interesting one. Yeah, I, you know, I... <sighs> I think I think being free for me is paying the most respect to the show. Mm-hmm. To just be able to listen to the audience and change on a whim if I have to, uh, as opposed to be beholden to something, which I never really was. But when I used to write set lists, like I used to write them as a security blanket. Right. I put it down, never would look at it, but knowing that it was there was safe. You know, right. uh, when I stopped doing that, uh, that's when I started like just going on whims with people yeah and and that's a muscle that you have to work out that's not good all the time you know what i mean but uh it's it's fun and it's i think it can be really fun for audiences yeah and so i think one of the things that you're saying is even just this simple thing of not literally writing it out um and but maybe just forcing yourself to wait until you get there and then at, at sort of the last minute kind of plan Oh, this is what seems like a good set list right now. And then when you do that, as opposed to having written it down, and especially as opposed to having it written it down, you know, earlier in the day, then you're not going to feel as attached to it. You're not going to feel as much chained down to it. You're going to be able to roll with the punches. 
I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, like doing three week runs with JT helped me just know what pieces fit where right. without really thinking about it. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if you get the light. There's no reason to do this at the end because no one's going to like that at the end. They like it at the beginning. That's just where it works, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing for me is just having that faith that I have been learning all of those things. Sure. And then I, I'm like, my brain in the moment, when I let myself do it, like, of course you know how to close with two minutes or four minutes or one minute or whatever. Of course you know that you start with you you don't in you you've tried starting with that joke it doesn't work you've tried ending with that joke doesn't you know mm-hmm. um but it's that faith of like I, and i think too i always I, i'm g- going back and forth all the time with oh here's a week where i get to have fun and play and, and get better and i get really excited about riffing and like getting looser sure. and then i'll have a run where there's a bunch of high pressure stuff and i'm like okay ooh do i tighten up right and you know so have you ever had that feeling of like what I really want to be working toward is being this kind of comedian, but I have to impress these people right now? Yeah. So like moving to Florida gave me this whole new, like I, sh- I tried to have a positive mental, mental, like I tried, I wanted to be progressive in like trying the clubs at least, you mm-hmm. know? Because in Houston, I kind of just threw that away. I was like, this gotcha. is what I am. I'm an alt, alt comic. Um, and I never liked that word, but it is right. what it is. I did bar shows. Um, when I went to Florida, I was like, I should at least try. And those are the most stressed out moments I get is when that's just a scene I'm not familiar with. Um, and And having a club promoter or whoever be there stresses me out. Also having just older people in an audience stresses me out. You know, I perform well for college students and people my age, but once you get to my parents' age, I'm like, you never know. Sometimes old people wind up being really cool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Sometimes they don't. Yes. (laughs) Or sometimes I don't don't. let them, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. What is the best advice that's ever been given you about comedy? Uh, day one, um, day one, I started first open mic. Uh, there was a guy that was just moving to LA and mm-hmm. he said that a lot of people are going to give you advice in comedy. Uh, you don't have to do it. You can hear it, but don't listen to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, let, let the stuff that works kind of just get into your skin, but you're allowed to not listen to people and that helped a lot that's a part of like why this podcast is called leading the blind right implying the blind leading the blind because a lot of it is yeah first of all we don't on we most people don't know what they're doing sure. even even like successful comedians <laughs> because mm-hmm. this career stuff keeps changing but a lot of it is there's a billion pieces of advice and at any given point 20 to 40 percent of it applies to you and you just have to figure out which 20 to 40 percent mm-hmm. that is yeah do you remember who that was who told you that? Yeah, his name's John out? Gard. John Mark Gard. John um, Mark Gard. And yeah, I, I I don't know. It was great hearing something like that because I grew up in punk rock music and all that stuff. And it was like, yeah, I don't want to necessarily fall into a line. But at the same time, you, you, you don't know how to do stuff. You know, I got to learn how to play this guitar that is my funny muscle i don't know what that is uh but just going for it and and but you just can do it you know yeah. and that's the coolest thing about comedy is you can just do it yeah there aren't any so there aren't rules or paths but there is no one path there isn't one set yeah. of rules and i think um well and i think the <laughs> the rules that we do have in comedy as long as you're not a terrible person you're usually following the rules you know right uh, yeah mostly though you're just going to learn by doing it and i think it's important to know yeah whatever advice you because because people who like advice just want to try their do their best and, sure. and learn the fastest that they can but yeah you have to remember the advice might not apply try it yeah. whatever you hear try it and if it doesn't work... And I'll admit, like, I listened to all the podcasts before I started. Like, I was listening to an artist at that time and stuff like that. And kind of, like, letting that stuff get in. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you're just listening. You know, you're not... And and I and, and ever since I've started comedy or gotten to a place where people do talk to me about stuff like this, I try to make it very clear. I'm not 
giving advice. I'm kind of just waxing philosophical. Right. I want to have a conversation with you all day long about comedy yeah. and what I do, but that's not my, like, you should do this. Right. This know? is how it's worked for me. Yeah. This is all I know. Um, and if you, but if you could go back and tell yourself um, something in your first year or two, Bill and Ted style. <laughs> You're killing it, dude. No, um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm really happy with the way it worked. I mean, maybe not quitting your job to, to start an open mic like do open mics but oh that's oh you literally you didn't have to quit you just quit uh, and we're no, like, I, I'm I, doing I did have to quit because I was working nights oh, okay. um, and I was in oil and oh. it was it was necessary for me to quit they wouldn't let me go to days mm-hmm. um, but I'm really happy I did but I like took out my 401k after eight years or whatever and I did everything I just yeah. focused on comedy I bought an Xbox and, <laughs> and I slept a lot and it was just a new life for me but like in a not just comedy in my whole life story like that was really important because mm-hmm. I was working since I was 19 and yeah. I needed to have something of my 20s you know yeah um but it also let me just do every open mic every night go just from the beginning till the very end and talk to people, get to know people, start getting on shows. That, that helped a lot, you know? Oh, interesting. So it sounds like what you're saying is if you were going to talk to first or second year comedians, you'd say, do quit your day job for a minute. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not- when I'm waxing philosophical. That's, right. uh, quit your you day know. job, go up every night and party and hang out and meet people. Well, it's weird. That's a weird thing to say, but there is a reason why we watch younger comics go so fast in it and like because they're they're gonna drop out of school probably soon you know yeah. like they're just letting their stuff go to the wayside and focusing on comedy yeah and they're killing it and yeah um it's harder when like when i will oh, when i see like a really funny person jump into comedy and they have like a family I'm like, ah, you're going to have choices soon because, <laughs> you know, you can't go on the road for two weeks yeah. with a family and that's what you'll say or whatever. And I get it. I get it. You know, if I had a family, I'd probably focus on that. But I'm a weird loner creep. So, <laughs> yeah, well, we have to figure out what kind of life we want. Yeah. Um, and is there something that you would tell newer comics to stop doing? Or you can answer that a nicer version that's to start doing. Some people find it mean. Um, let's see. What should they stop doing? What should they stop doing? Um, my number one thing in almost every room, and, and I make the mistake every now and then, is don't talk about how bad the room is, mm-hmm. especially if you're new to it. I tell that to people who I'm taking on the road with me and stuff now. Or if we go out of town and do shows or whatever, um, don't let that be the first thing you say. Is yeah. that there's only ten people here or something? Because they they're still here. They don't they're, think of themselves yeah. as a bad room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're they try they're trying as hard as they can. And I, sometimes it's just, uh, they're not yeah. always trying. As yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, do but, you have any advice for let's let's say you're it's a bar show and the people did not know there was going to be comedy there and don't seem to be that interested in there being comedy there. Mm-hmm. In those cases, um, do you have any advice for a good way to start or to to deal with it? Yeah, I mean it's it's. I think it's good to be conversational at mm-hmm. that point, you know, and not everyone has that that tool in their 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 tool chest, but it's like. You just need to get them engaged with you, and and you have to be that. And if that's the case, if that's the kind of room that you have, uh, then my advice to promoters would be to put your conversational people first. Yeah, Let your rigid, awkward, one-liner people be in the middle because they'll be really funny. They're going to kill, but they don't have that tool to engage people at first that is a great piece of advice yeah that's something that we need to talk about more on this podcast is talking to hosts about how to how to book a show yeah yeah how to order the it's really fun i i loved booking shows and i'm I'm actually starting one in florida soon so that'll be really fun but uh it's yeah you there's a lot of science involved yeah you you have to think about what you're building some people have the idea of like worst to best which is kind of insane um yeah uh, some people have this idea of just like at coming up to the who wants to go first fuck you make it you know like or but or if you want to ask people hey how do you think i should order this if you respect somebody's opinion, like do that then if you don't know what you're doing. Because yeah. I'll tell you. I would always put the person I'm closest to first just because I know they won't be offended that yeah. I did that. Because that's all, that's a huge thing too is the politics of it. Right. Of like, 
why did you put me first? Well, because you have cause high energy good. and you're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to start a fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> These people don't want to be here. Okay. Um, so it'll, this will be interesting. If you could change anything in the Houston, about the Houston comedy scene. Hmm. Um, I don't know. You have, uh, a, you have a magic wand, so it doesn't have to be like something they can actually do. I, I think it's a really good scene right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I've ever felt about it that was kind of negative was that it's it's clubby, mm-hmm. you know, um, not club like comedy clubby, right. but uh, it's Cl- you clickish. know clickish. Yeah, it has that, and that's every big scene has that, and Houston's just not quite a big enough scene yet. It's getting there, and that's probably why. But um, it's not New York, so it can't. It doesn't have the power to hold those clicks yet. Yeah. And, and then people just get bummed, you know? Gotcha. But I think they're they're starting to get a lot better about that, too. I think that's come out to people, and yeah, the scene's getting really cool. Good, good. And is there anything yet that you would like to change about Jacksonville? Uh, no, I actually really dig it. Uh, cool. You know, I think we have to figure out audiences, and we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've really embraced me into the scene, which I'm happy with, and that lets me bring my tools to the to the show and figure it out you know help them figure out promotion and stuff do weird weird stuff yeah so i'm really happy with being there it's actually i was scared it was one of those things it's like going to kentucky you don't know yeah but it was fun awesome i'll I'll try to come out next year yeah um endorsements so i am a little bit behind on my spotify listening (laughs) so i'm still on the albums i was endorsing last time but i just wanted to endorse sam talent because he's here for altercation he is also gonna he's doing you know a few shows around here and um i saw him in denver and he's just so funny sam's incredible i didn't know he had an album until i just looked at it but there is one called joke life 2 on spotify that i'm gonna check out so awesome yeah sam's sam's incredible He's a monster too. Oh, yeah. uh, everywhere I ever see him, he's just doing something new and fresh and like. Uh, all right. Yeah, I couldn't have been more impressed. I'm glad for you. Yeah, he's tonight, right? Yes, tonight in regards to tonight when we're in the past. Let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tonight, yesterday. Um, yeah. Uh, should I endorse someone? Yes. This, yes. Uh, someone okay. or something. Uh, I'll go Denver too. I think Nathan Lund uh, mm-hmm. is the funniest person I've ever worked with. He's so charming and just fun. Uh, he's the Denver comedy champion. Uh, so I, I think he's really great. He's he's just one of my favorite people right now. Cool. You know what? Maybe I will ch- change the endorsement to like that you have to endorse someone. It could be any level of fame, but that is kind of fun. Yeah. Because then yeah. that person gets a shout out. And oh, yeah. Maybe they'll so listen so to the episode. The original, idea, you know? the original idea is an album, right? Oh, no. It could be anything. It could be, okay. like I said, a YouTube video or a comedy okay. special or yeah, anything. But maybe I'll officially just make it endorsing someone. And, of course, we'll link to something sure, up there. Sure, sure, sure. Cool. All right. Well, I'm sad that we've run out of time. Yeah. Um, I, but it was great to talk to you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. And I'm just... Uh, I feel like I've really been nailing down these pieces of advice that I wanted <laughs> about writing stuff. It's oh, just conversation, not the advice. One, the one last thing I was going to say is, so do you write at all? Do you ever sit down and write or you just jot notes down? I'm really bad about it. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to this point where I like I would try to. I have so many notebooks in my car that have one page yeah. of stuff <laughs> on it and, and it bothers me so much. The 22 I'm notebooks. So many trees. Um, but uh, it's... I, I have this idea. I talk a lot in my car to mm-hmm. myself while I'm listening to music or podcasts. I'll just start talking to myself. Um, and when I find something funny, I, be- I I like to believe that if it's good enough to work on stage, it'll stay in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've kind of gone with that. And I can't tell you how much I probably lost because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I find because I just try to. I I've really been trying to figure it out because I've lost a lot of stuff. But she's like, you got to, you have to write down just the right amount because if you write down too much, it ruins it. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. one of my like. I go both ways. I go, what the fuck was I talking about last night? That was so funny. I couldn't. What. And then there's the, look look at this pile of garbage that yeah. I've written out. So if you write down just the crux of it, mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's yeah. I mean, I, a million people have said that. That's yeah, insane. no, and I, I wish, I wish I could figure that out because I try to do the like minimalist way, mm-hmm. and I end up with words that I just don't know what they mean. You know, right? Like, you two be- words that don't connect in any way, and that's probably what makes them so funny. Right. <laughs> that moment I wrote them down, but like, and you're not even I high when you're bungling this. You're just no, I'm completely sober and <laughs> just eating tacos. Um, I'm it. Going All to right. sleep. Well, I think the other thing is when when you write that note down, you got to look at it soon before you're going to forget that connection. You got to try to look. That's why even if you don't want to be classically like writing in a coffee shop, you just have to take some time the next day to look at your phone notes, your notebook and be like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, I'm going to try that tonight. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so let's do some plugs. Uh, This is coming out October 12th. Um, Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah um if you are in florida if you're in jacksonville i am starting as of next wednesday the first wednesday of october and every wednesday concurrently uh i will be running a show there at the wine bar in jacksonville beach it's just called wine bar yeah well uh, we're figuring out a name or uh, <laughs> the wine bar itself is it or? was uh, no uh, <laughs> it, it was originally a show called uncorked by uh-huh. the people that ran the show before us and they're moving to atlanta gotcha. very excited for them but uh they gave me the show to take over uh and i figuring out how weird i can get with that audience and naming and stuff because i would love to be bizarre as opposed to hokey you know awesome i love that so every wednesday at wine bar yeah i'll be there in some way or effect uh eight o'clock yeah eight o'clock uh otherwise i and i also write for a sketch variety show called after dark and uh in jacksonville as well Cool. That's Friday nights. Check it 10. out. See, this is great because then I can post this podcast in Jacksonville Facebook stuff. Yeah. And, all right. See? Yeah. Um, all right. And if you want to see me um, on uh, this weekend at the Velveeta Room, I'll be hosting for Emma Willman. I got to see her at the Houston Whatever Fest, and she was so, so funny. So, so funny. Awesome. She's a lesbian, so they just put us together. But I'm not <laughs> offended of that because she's ugh, she's hilarious. Um, and then on Sunday the 15th, I will be at uh, Highball for the Laugh Damn It show at 7 p.m. And then on the 17th, I'm going to L.A. So if you're in L.A. Uh, on Tuesday at 8 p.m., you should come to UCB Franklin for Put Your Hands Together. More lesbians. Ayo. That's a good show. I'm having a whole, I'm having a whole lesbian week. And then on the 18th, I'll be at Rod Stewart, the Rod Stewart Live show at, at La Quivita at 9. So... Come out, come out wherever you are. Jackson, from this is a coast to coast. Coast to coast. We got everything going. All right, we got to get it out of here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. International.